All right, folks, welcome back to another episode, but not just any episode of Mostly Ghostly, our 100th episode, right? What do you think about that? Uh, I'm a little amazed at it. We've been talking about mostly the, the paranormal ghost and spiritual matters. You take how long episodes run to keep on uh, keep it going that long. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. We've been killing it, they say, in the ghostly world. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, season two of Mostly Ghostly. You know, it's got a lot of really fun episodes, I think. And we're going to kind of take a cruise through uh, the episodes, the last 50 episodes, or 49, realistically. Um, and uh, talk about some of our favorites. We probably won't get into some of our least favorites because we don't got no least favorites up in here. Um, we just got faves and kind of faves and a little faves, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, without any further ado, let's say we get on into it, eh? Okay, I'm ready. Coming live and direct from New England right after we just got hit with a gigantor storm, big old snowstorm. I know we ended up getting like, uh, I want to say like 20 something inches. Horrifying. Yeah. What'd you get up there? Uh, around the same amount. Yeah, I think it was like 26, but I could be wrong. I think 26 was the number. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, for anybody returning, any returning guests, uh, you remember the, uh, our closeout episode? For uh, season one with the 50th occurrence episode, where we uh, the show occurred 50 times. Now we're on a 100th occurrence episode special. Delightful. All right, folks. Light up a nice candle, some sage. Lower the lights as we approach season two of Mostly Ghostly. All right, the season started off with a bang, you know, with the Preeti Rising episode. Preeti Upala was in the building. Um, now, Ray, that was somebody that you kind of found over, out there in the webs, <clears throat> interwebs. Uh, you want to give the people a reminder on, you know, what Preeti does and, uh, you know, how you came about her? Well, she, uh, in certain circles, she's somewhat of a celebrity. Yeah. Uh, I know she travels around the world. She was recently in Dubai uh, and India. Uh, we talked a little bit about her life. Uh, I know she runs some charities to empower women. And uh, also the Hindu, the spiritual side of uh, Hinduism. Yeah. Uh, she got she got into that, and I found that interesting because uh, it wasn't someone that uh, let's say you know a scholar writing about it. Mm. It was somebody who actually uh, believed in it uh, from India, and uh, it gave a whole different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and she had to endure a lot. Like, her whole come-up wasn't that easy. You know what I mean? I, I appreciated that. Um, a lot of good stories. You know, that was we, we kicked it off with a nice interview. Maybe not as um, paranormally uh, spiritual, for sure. Maybe not as paranormal 
um, but very a spiritual journey for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I like those a little extra because we have a whole bunch of paranormal shows. And this was really a unique interview to kick off the, the season two with. So it's right up there with one of my faves of season two. Um, it was probably after a small break at the end of each season. We do take a little hiatus, but we come back. Uh, after this episode, we actually have a little hiatus on, on the front. So uh, don't be worried. Mostly Ghostly will be back. Take it off a month. And uh, we'll be sharing older episodes that everybody should be hip to. Maybe some of our favorites from this season. You never know. Um, but it was good to get back with Ray after that. I remember it's always a pleasure when we step back and then we come back in for a nice new episode. And uh, there's a lot of excitement around that because it was just a, a coming together of a lot of cool things. You know what I mean? Now, season two, episode two, my friend, The Strange Things with James Kretschbaum. Now, he's a, uh, the, the, the host of The Strange Show. Um, and this was really cool because we got into a, I like this. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of, you know, the season. That's no whistle and Dixie. I know I just said the first one is I'd even go on the line and say that I enjoyed this one a little more than, uh, the episode one, but, um, they're all equally beautiful, but I really liked this one because we talked about a whole bunch of different things, you know, all types of creepy crawlies and, you know, I really like when the guests open up about just about everything, and they're, they're, there's a, a huge variety of topics that they're eligible to discuss. You know, what do you remember from this episode, Ray? Anything big? Uh, well, his, his experience uh, was over 20 years investigating and looking into things. Also, I believe, if I remember correctly, is helping people out that had problems. Yeah. Uh, some of the experiences were very intense. Uh, and I think I think he w- is also in- very intense. But to me, it was very fascinating to see someone with that much experience that delves so deeply into it and listen to the stories he had. And yeah, they touched on a lot of things. And that one there was kind of like, whoa, yeah, it- this guy has done it. Yeah, many, many, uh, many years under his belt. We're going to be appearing on the strange show in the future. I talked to Jimmy uh, not too long ago. I think he's working some things out. I think the COVID situation gave, gave them a guys a hit over there. But uh, I've been told that we are somebody on their list that they want to have. And I said, let's do it. Sounds good. I figured you'd like that. All right. Uh, episode three. Death comes threefold. Now, this was one of those fun episodes that uh, was kind of kicking around for a while, could have kind of, it boils off of that, you know, what, what you would, if you believe it to be or not, an old wives' tale or reality. Um, and if you don't know what to believe, definitely check out the show. But the whole, that, the whole thing with it, Death Comes in Threes, which I'm sure everybody's kind of heard of, if not witnessed it. And it is that strange occurrence when, you know, unfortunately somebody passes away and... You just, you know, two other people do it at the same time, and they say it comes in threes, which is a very weird thing. And I almost, it was almost magical, almost like a, like a, when you say death comes in three, it comes, it's almost like a curse that it comes in, you know, a burden that, oh, 
you know, you got one, uh, wait, you got, you're waiting for the other two type deal. Um, but this was fun. That was our first solo episode, just the two of us, just like the song for our season two, which was always good. Always a good time. You know what I mean? But do uh, you remember anything spectacular from Death Comes Threefold? Uh, I remember one thing is that, yeah, I think that sometimes people seem to latch on that three too much. Yeah. Uh, they they take a look at it and, uh, you know, they're focusing on famous people, whether it be celebrities, politicians, whatever, sometimes uh, family. But, yeah, they're anticipating that third, that second or that third one so much that anybody who goes, they say, aha, it's three. But yeah. if, you take a, if you take a look at the number of people who actually cross over at any given time, there's a whole lot more than three. I think a lot of it is is legend or old wives' tales, if you will. Yeah. But uh, we look for that three. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Definitely check that one out if you haven't. Uh, it's a great little uh, course in the whole study of the death comes in three. You know what I mean? Uh, season uh, season two, episode four. We had our ghost movie mashup episode which that was a lot of fun. We kind of talked about, you know, ghost movies and, uh, you know, ones based off of real life paranormal deals. You know what I mean? So me and me and Ray make the films uh, as well as we enjoy the paranormal thing. So it's a great kind of crossover episode to be able to talk about both at one. You know, I heard a lot of people like that one too, because we got a lot of entertainment film fanny people that listen to the show as well as, you know, paranormal and people that like the unexplainable. So it was a good little mashup, I was told, for uh, that one. Uh, episode five. Gloomy Tunes, Songs of Doom. This was a really fun one. I like this one a lot, too, because it was just like, you know, we talked about... Um, you know, the songs that people would either play and then die right after or people that would throw curses in the songs. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit about current, you know, the, the vibrations and the, and, and the frequencies um, that, you know, it's proven that you could put a certain type of frequency into your music and it would kind of make you want it, you know what I mean, or want more of it. You know what I mean? Like like a drug or something. Um, very messing with your head. Very crazy shit like that. You know? You gotta be careful of that stuff. Some mind control within the music, which, you know, beautiful subject for an episode. Do you remember anything about the glue? Yeah, yeah um, the sound. Sound of the vibration. We're, we're susceptible to vibrations yeah. all the time. And... I know that, oh, way back when they used to, uh, even before my time, I don't say how far back it goes, they used to put very uh, barely audible sounds into horror films, knowing that that vibration and that sound, the ones that they would pick, actually made you nervous and put you a little on edge to kind of, they're not allowed to do it anymore, but to kind of up that response to what was going on. 
And to find that in songs also, people that when they're down, they'll sometimes pick a sad song just reinforces how, how far down they are. But using sounds, using music, that music is used in sacred chants. It's used in sacred ways. And the sounds and the vibrations of music, that can be used in a negative way to attack somebody as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing called the dominant frequency, I think we talked about. That was the one that was kind of they that bands were putting into their music to kind of almost get that uh, that that worshipy mind control uh, phenomena over their head over the headphones. Uh, episode six: Wicked Women in the Beauty and Burden. I think really we talked about Lilith and this one, and maybe a couple other folks that were from the biblical or spiritual world. Um, that were kind of like uh, getting a, they got a bad rap. You know, I remember us talking about how, you know, with, like witch era, you know what I mean? Where if somebody just didn't like you for whatever reason, they say you're a witch. Now you're demonized and, uh, you know, problems come with that. Of course, women that were called wicked mainly for being, you know, beautiful or somehow attractive. And, you know, people thought that they could lure boyfriends and husbands away from wives and girlfriends. Well, what I remember that is we talked a little bit about it is that uh, if you're going back to a patriarchal, a male dominated society way back when for a long time, women are seen as a threat and their, their sexuality was seen as a threat. So if you needed a scapegoat for something evil or you were going to portray something evil, then, then you'd lay it on the woman. They were the demons, they were the witches, they were the evil thing that, you know, stole men's strength or corrupted them. So it's just a bunch of guys looking for that scapegoat. Take that, take men's pride. She took that man's pride. She must be killed. That's not the opinion of mostly ghostly, mind you. But yeah, that was fun. That was kind of, kind of an eye, eye-opening episode where we kind of got into it and yeah we always knew that it wasn't a fair hand given but uh maybe even unfairer than anybody could ever think you know what i mean and people think it's very unfair so wrap your head around that you know what i mean very bad rap um next up episode seven they live we sleep an alien nation united against us you know what i mean this one was fun. I kind of left the paranormal ghostly field for a little bit. And we talked a little bit about the realities of like a they live type world. Uh, the John Carpenter film where, you know, reptilians and in the, in, in the work in security for the president and stuff like that. Um, this was a lot of fun. It was a very out of left field type, you know, episode. People said that was kind of they weren't expecting that one, uh, but they got it. You know what I mean? And they were happy with it once they learned how to, you know, reptilian put the saliva on it and so they could eventually eat away at it so they can eat it, so they can digest it and take it in. They were able to do it. Mainly reptilians had an issue with that episode because we were we were uncovering their secrets, which they don't approve of. Do you have any standout memories from the They Live, We Sleep episode? Uh, not much. All I remember that it was fun to take yeah. a look at that and take uh, and uh, delve into it. And uh, that 
like you said, it was something very different, but uh, I also enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Like we said before, I think, you know, we talk a lot of paranormal. It's very cool and refreshing to step outside of that every now and then, you know what I mean? Because uh, it can be heavy, you know, it can be heavy on you. It's a heavy subject. So it's good to kind of take a break. Next up, very superstitious beliefs around the world. Uh, and we just kind of, this was another eye-opening one where we just kind of looked at the different beliefs and the belief systems that uh, religions and folks have uh, their outlook around uh, the world. You know what I mean? And um, I just remember that, that, you know, I remember we got into a whole bunch of them. Um, do you remember anything else from that episode? Specific superstitions, no, but I remember we were surprised sometime with the ones that came up of what people were uh, superstitious about. Yeah. And trying to figure out why they would be. But there was a lot of them in there, and it was kind of like, I never knew that. Yeah, the the black cat, I think, was one of them that meant something that we didn't realize, or stepping on a crack or something like that. Um, that's a very fun episode because you, we, I think we dove into a lot of the urban legendy things uh, that you that you we've been known to be superstitious of it, as a growing up to an adult. So I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I forget there was a saying. I know there was a saying that I was surprised. I don't know if it was this one or an upcoming episode where there was a saying that people just casually say. It might have been in the magic episode where they just casually say it and you'd, you would never think that it would have a, a negative effect on you, but it actually does. Um, next up, we have Void of Light, Remnants of Cracked Earth. You know, this was a fun one where we talked about kind of the possibilities of people that could be living under the earth, off in the caves. Um, very interesting subject. You know, I know there's a big group of people in, in, the, in, the, in the truther world as well as the paranormal world that believe uh, that there are things uh, under the earth that are like a species lost. Kind of like the reptilian thing a little bit, where they're half reptile, half people type deal, which is always, in, uh, sign me up always when people want to talk about that. I think on now and here, we also taught, uh, touched on different legends and different beliefs, and particularly in Aboriginal cultures, about how um, the stories that they have that uh, deal with those that live believe, uh, beneath the surface. Yeah. I know, I think it's the Hopi have the snake people. There's another uh, another Western Native American tribe that has the ant people taught them how to survive a disaster. Yes. And there were, we went into quite a few of, the, few of those and uh, the origins of some of that belief. Yeah, that was a good episode. That was a lot of fun. It was a... Uh... I like when we kind of crack earth and go deep and we don't know what, you know, find, discover all these cool things. Episode 10, photographing evil, creepy cases caught on camera. This was a very fun one. It was, you know, kind of an interactive episode for people who had to kind of go out and seek, seek the truth in the photo themselves. But, you know, this was, from this one, I remember there was the famous picture of, uh, the family around the dinner table and what seems to be like a soul, like an upside down shadow man 
a shadow person rather, hanging from its feet over the kitchen table. And uh, I know it was like, he's like, you is it, you know, double exposure? You know what I mean? It was just kind of very weird and didn't really make sense in any type of situation. Double exposure, photography, mishap. Um, It didn't really quite work. Also, we talked, I remember, about the Amityville Horror, some of the photography that happened in that. And um, because one of the most famous ones is that kid, which I think is one of the creepiest paranormal photos of all time. Um, And some scary shite. You know, for anybody that doesn't know, it's uh, the Amityville Horror House in New York. Um, there, the photography crew went in there when they were investigating and somebody snapped a picture of the staircase. And then I, I guess later in life when they developed the photos, there's this kid up there sitting on the bottom of the steps. There was no kids there when they, sh- when they were taking pictures and the kid is looking around the corner a little bit and he's, his eyes are like a weird silvery, I don't know what you would do. It. They're dead. They're dead eyes. He, they're the dead zone. You know, he looked, he had the deadlights in his head. Um, very creepy, very creepy deal with that. Um, the photography is very, when we do investigations, you know, we take a lot of pictures. You know, the last time, one of the last times we stepped out to do an investigation, we caught some stuff on the old camera phone at that cemetery where supposedly if you put, the phone through the keyhole you see different faces in it and i took a picture i actually seen some faces multiple faces in it which were pretty crazy um but yeah photographing evil i remember that being a really fun episode uh do you have any memories of photographing evil uh i do one thing that's that stands out to me is that famous uh picture of uh Lincoln's wife after he was assassinated and you see him as a shadowy shape and most people say oh that's a double exposure and the problem I had with that is that he's behind her but the hand on the shoulder comes out in front Yeah. so you can see that the hand actually on her shoulder and if you're going to double expose then you're not going to be able to get that his body behind her but the hand reaching down in front yeah so it's it's kind of like, uh, no, but I don't think it's a simple double exposure. There was something there. Right. Yeah. To go back to that Amneville house, uh, Amneville horror picture, I was rewatching The Conjuring 2 recently, and um, which is kind of based on the Warren family, paranormal investigators, and their, their uh, different investigations they did. And the second one opens up, in the investigation that they're doing before they got, they get the new one, which is the one the movie's based on is there in the Amityville house. And, you know, if you've watched the Amityville horror movie, the horror movie, there's not, there's not really a kid in it with, um, at least if I remember correctly, there's no kid in it with the silver eyes, but in the conjuring two, they made a point to kind of incorporate that kid from the, the picture into uh, into the movie, which I thought was fun, because I remember, you know, this time around, that's actually one of the better, it's a creepy one, <clears throat> part two, I think it's on Netflix. The um, I remember this time around, it really, like, it stood out to me that uh, that was from the, the myth that I don't think ever made it into, like, one of the movies. And I, I have the book, but I've never read the book, so 
I got to do that one of these days. We also have that really super dark book that we talked about in season one that I bought that I haven't even cracked open yet because it's so dark. I dare if I even should. But, um, you know, next up, we have avoiding contact, things to avoid when contacting the other side. This is one of our more educational episodes, I think. Um, I really I really like these ones. You know, for a long time, <clears throat> me and Ray go back and forth, and we're both on the same side on it. But the, how much that we got to push <clears throat> the, uh, the protection thing. Huge. Everybody's going out there investigating and trying to open up portals to different dimensions to talk to different beings. And they, they're not so really concerned with protecting themselves the way they should. So with this episode, you know, this was a must. This, I think we're, we, this was us realizing the responsibility that we kind of have doing the show a little bit. It's actually doing an episode on it. We've talked about it throughout uh, just about every episode we talk about needing protection. But I think this was the first time, probably not the last time, that we've sat down to nail home how important it is to be protected when dealing with these things and not avoiding contact and avoiding things that are going to latch on to you and kind of enter your life for the worse, you know what I mean? Um, did you have any hot points from avoiding contact? Not a hot point, except to reiterate that uh, how protection is important. I find it amazing sometimes that people are going to go on, let's say, paranormal investigation into a haunted place. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, the hauntings are based on gruesome murders. Uh, They are believers. They want to see something. So they say, oh, all of this has happened. There's something nasty in there. Something has attacked other people. Let's just waltz onto their territory without protection. Mm -hmm. I have never understood that. The protection is just so important throughout your life. Yeah, it's huge. It's one of those things that people you know, protect yourself anywhere else. You believe in these things. Yeah, they're there. You, you think of them as ghostly or see-through. You can put your hands through them, walk through them, vapor-like. Oh, they can't hurt you. They can't really reach out and strangle you, even though in some situations they've been known to do things like that. But I think the fact that there's a dimensional divide almost, people really feel like they can put their guard down, which is dangerous. Next up, episode 12, Lego My Metro. Metro West Paranormal returns. You know what I mean? Ray Arnold was in here. We had Brenda and Bonnie with them. That was good times. <clears throat> you know, just talking about some more of their discussion, uh, investigations in the paranormal world. Um, you know, I know when they, we got the Metro West people on, it's always good times. Um, I remember us talking, I think, about the, the Devil's Bridge maybe in this one. I could be wrong. Um, no, actually, in this one, I think it was maybe Rutland talk. And that event, this eventually led us to going to the Rutland investigation with them, which became a future episode. But do you remember any legis- uh, any precise things that we were talking about in this episode? Uh Nothing precise. I do remember we had a good time. It was there was an interesting uh it was interesting to have them on. Yeah. But um not not any specific thing. If I remember correctly, I think that he wasn't a fan of the title. Every now and then we have some weird fun titles 
on the Mostly Ghostly show to keep it light. And, you know, Lego My Ego is where the title Lego My Metro is where that's where this kind of came from. So I think they're a little standoffish, but they came back. You know what I mean? They had fun. All was well in the hood. You know what I mean? But yeah, like I said, always a pleasure having them on. I'm sure we'll have them on again in season three to talk about some stuff. I think we even have, we have, yeah, I think there's already, I think we already have like one or two investigations that have happened that we haven't done episodes on that you'll be finding your way into uh, season three, probably the first half of season three, which is always fun. Um, Next up, episode 13, lucky number 13, Ascending Masters, not us, them. You know, so we're talking about the ascending masters of reality in the realms. You know what I mean? Um, you could you could ascend to be an ascending master if you wished, but uh, that those are big shoes to fill, if I remember correctly. And we didn't want to. That's like in Ghostbusters, where they ask him if they're gods, and they say no. And Winston goes, "If somebody asks you if you're a god, you tell them, yeah." So we don't take Winston's advice on mostly ghostly. We don't claim to be gods or call ourselves gods or anything like that. We don't even want to get into the gods game. We don't even want to be involved, you know, with God. But we don't want to be trying to compare ourselves to anything crazy. We believe in God. But uh, calling ourselves one is uh, more problematic than good, I feel, in the long run of things. Do you remember much of Ascending Masters? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. I wasn't able to give all the shows that we listened to. But Ascending Masters, what do you you recall from that episode? Well, we discussed, and we also went into different cultures, because uh, throughout history, different cultures have had those that uh, have ascended. The concept that you can uh, ascend and still be on this earth. It's really a form of enlightenment. Um, as far as ascended masters go, um, I think we also focused on those that are primarily in spirit, but they hang around for the benefit of mankind in the world and help guide people and help people on their path to move up to a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. that was, there's a lot of info in that episode. Definitely check it on out. If you're interested in the slightest by what we say, uh, even if you're not, go check it out. Uh, the episode, we might not be doing the episode justice. All right. Next up, episode 14. One of my faves. Human mind conjuring. You know what I mean? The idea of something being created by the mind and the will, by human will of believing that something's there. You know, if you're in a dark room, and uh, you're looking into a corner that's even darker. And let's say there's nothing really in that corner. But if you were to really focus and think for maybe every night of your childhood that there was something lurking within that corner that could hurt you, that it could eventually grow. Nothing could grow power from the negative vibe of fear. You know what I mean? And hatred and all these other uh, strong emotions can be used to kind of conjure up something from the mind and something that maybe wasn't real in the beginning has become real through faith and uh faith is everything you'll realize in the whole spiritual world so it's very possible you know that things like that could happen do you remember anything 
from uh, that stood out to you from Human Mind Conjurings? I remember being a big fan of doing the episode. Well, we also we talked a lot about energy and our minds project energy. Yeah, our emotions, which uh, when we don't have control of them, uh, particularly, they can put out a lot of energy and enough energy collected together. You give either an entity an opportunity to to use that energy and manifest, or it actually becomes something of its own. I remember at one point, I think I brought up, I was watching uh, a show where they did an investigation and they were getting EVPs and they were getting things from uh, a location. They did a history and found out that no one had lived there by the name or that fit the description of the child, a young child that uh, they were getting everything from. And they contacted a medium who did uh, a remote, what you would call a remote session of viewing. And they said, that child, the child doesn't exist. It's just, just, that's the energy has taken the form of the child. So many people have gone into that haunted place. I think it was a bed and breakfast, something like that. Listened to the stories, believed in it, started talking to it. That their collective energy over years and years of doing that had actually created an entity. And we can do that. We do that in our lives, whether it's to manifest in a positive way or to create our own uh, energetic demons that haunt us. Yeah. So we have, we have to be careful with how we use our energy. Yeah, for sure. Energy is huge. Uh, people don't realize it, but it's huge. You know what I mean? It's more than what's just powering your house. All right. Haunted Ohio. Ray returns to the Buckeye State. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll throw this in your court right off the bat. You know what I mean? Well, that's not going to work because I don't remember. <laughs> no? No, I, I, I don't remember. I remember the... Uh, record. I think I there was record. It. Yeah, I think you did recordings <laughs> this time around. Or more uh, recordings. I remember the Ohio State Reformatory, but I think that was season one. Yeah, but yeah, I I don't remember what happened. I may have talked about some things that uh, I had seen while I was out there, but I don't remember the specifics. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, go out there and check out that episode, and then come back and let us know what happened in it. You know what I mean? Do us a solid. You can be a ghostly, a mostly ghostly person yourself. All right, now we're getting to some meat and potatoes. Episode 16, The Mothman Idolatry. Now, I enjoyed this one incredibly a lot. Mothman was always fascinating to me, and it was an episode that I was looking forward to tapping into since the beginning of this show. I think there's so much weird darkness and unexplainable stuff around it. You know, I think there's a lot of human mind conjuring that goes into it. I know that they kind of worship mothman there they have a statue for it they say you know they say it's you know innocent just kind of tourist trap type deal but like we said in the human mind conjuring episode you know that's definitely feeding into that negative energy you know uh, it had the that that the bridge collapse was in that and in that episode, where, which is very famous with the Mothman deal and how, you know, there was supposedly a giant Mothman about on the bridge before it collapsed. Um, and then even some of the people 
that survived the claim to have seen Mothman, I believe. They all kind of had untimely deaths, which got us down into a conversation, which is probably my favorite part of the episode. That's when we talked about the reality of it getting in your head. And once you guys lock eyes, like you're always connected with it and it kind of feeds off of your energy. Um, And then we also had to talk about some of these people that, you know, I know we, 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 we walked through some of the deaths of some of the people and there was a few car accident ones in there. And I remember the theory came up of like in the paranormal world where time isn't what it is. And you know, what we conceive time isn't really time. So like you'll, you'll, there's time slips, you know, in the paranormal world where, you know, someone's driving, taking a three hour long drive and they get there in 45 minutes, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, brought in the question of like these people that would die in a car accident. Is it possible that a Mothman could get in their head and delay their vision? You know, so these people that pull out in front of a, you know, in front of a Mack truck and get annihilated, you know, almost like they're being puppeted, like a puppeteer is pulling their strings type deal. Um, and that, I was very interested in the discussion of that and, how much uh, it made sense that Mothman would almost be something like that, that kind of consumes you, possesses you, and it's just a part of you until the day you die after you make eye contact. You know, they say eyes are the secret to everybody's soul. So if you stare into the eyes of something and look into your soul, especially something kind of wicked like that, I feel like you would forever be, you know, touched, we'll say. What do you remember from the Mothman episode? Well, I, I agree with you on that. And also one thing I found kind of curious is that when we were reading about all the descriptions, and there were a lot of people that kept on saying things like, oh, it was nothing but a, a big owl. Mm. And they were using that as a way to put it, the way to put it down. And I think what we brought up was that um, it first showed up in a country-like setting. These are people, these were people on farms, they had barns, they, had a, they knew what an owl looked like, and they knew what it looked like at night. Yeah. And this did not match it. It was a whole lot more than just someone uh, seeing a six or seven foot tall owl or someone hallucinating. Uh, there was something there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, the negative energy of that... Um, you know, you think of an owl, the, we also, in this... In this episode we talked about like the crossover of like the owl and the alien vibe how like the face of an owl and the face of an alien or what people have seen is a gray you know how they describe a gray with the big eyes and, and that weird circular kind of sharp at the bottom face is very owl like you know what i mean i think the film the fourth kind maybe mila jolovich is in it but the fourth kind from like the early 2000s was a um, science fiction alien movie. And they, you know, it was about people that were abducted and they went to a psychiatrist, I believe, to kind of figure out they were having nightmares and they were, they, they led, they were led to realize that they were like abducted and it was an alien deal. And the owl, they all talked about the owl, but the owl was like an alien face. It's kind of a creepy, that part's very creepy. When they put the, one, the, the two and two together to 
go into the part about the the owl and the alien look alike. Um, I remember being creeped out at that moment in the movie, but then never again in that movie. But for sure, the owl's out there. And then you have like the Illuminati, the owl, the all-seeing owls, the the owl perched on the dollar bill, I think it is. It's, you know, the sign of the Illuminati because it can see in the darkness. That's the beauty of the owl is it's able to see in the darkness. So when nobody else can see what's going on, the owl knows what's up, you know. All right, episode 17, Skinwalker Ranch, Mutilate the Beef. You know what I mean? This was another fun episode that I heard a lot of folks that really enjoyed this one. Um, you know, we kind of got into the cattle mutilations that would happen. People would walk by, farmers would walk by cattle, then they'd walk over a hill, walk back three minutes later, and that cow was gutted like professionals went to work on it. You know what I mean? No blood, no nothing, just like pick clean, horrifying. Um, so that that was a very fun episode. You know, I that's one of the ones from the season that I would probably say is right up there. And my, I'd probably do a top ten list of season one. Um, and that would make it in. What do you remember from this episode? What I remember is all the research and the incidents that we came up with. It was almost impossible to debunk them. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, it, it's if you got surgical precision in the mutilation and it happens in like two or three minutes, mm-hmm. a human being can't do it. Yeah. And it, there was a, li- a list of those things. It's just like you can't turn around and fake this. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. You know, Skinwalker, the Skinwalkers, you know what I mean? Horrifying stuff. We've talked about them numerous times on the show. And, uh, you know, Mutilate the Beef was a necro reference for anybody out there in the underground hip-hop. Next up, episode 18, Death Styles of the Deceased and Ghostly. Uh, This episode started off as like a joke idea for a name, if I remember correctly. Where it was just such a, I think we said it in one of the previous episodes. It was like, oh, that's comedic. That should be, that'd be a good title. And from that, you know, we went into, of course, uh, I believe this was the process of dying, and then whether or not you enter into the good, like the 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 afterlife. I believe it was kind of the whole routine. I believe, if I remember correctly. I, I don't I don't remember the specifics on that one. That was a that was a mixed bag episode, I think. Um, which we'd like to have them we like to throw them out there every now and then little mixed bag episodes and death styles of deceased and ghostly. It's definitely mixed bag situation. Uh episode nineteen, the sacred land theory. This was a fun episode too, you know, kind of educational. You know, talking about just the sacred land, the, the, the areas that have a little extra oomph to them. There's a little something extra going on, whether it's always been that way or through, you know, rituals or worship. They've grown to have these special aura around them. You know what I mean? Do you remember anything from the sacred land theory episode? Well, I think also that uh, what we talked about originally 
some of the, again, Aboriginal or Native tribes would be drawn to areas where the power was strong. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And that would become a place where the rituals would be done and that be, that kind of reinforces the power that's in that area already. And yeah, you talk about the connection, um, things like the Aztecs had their step pyramids and then Egypt had theirs and they're all power, places of power. Stonehenge, partly I believe built there because inherent in the area is that power, that vortex. And people will go there, perform the ceremonies, and that just opens it more and lends more power to it. Yeah. Yes, it definitely did. Um, you know, anybody that doesn't get that, doesn't feel that land, there's certain land that is sacred, you got to dip into that episode. Very fascinating stuff in that one. Um, next up, episode 20. Petals of the black, petals of the black. Oh, getting choked up just saying it. I loved it so much. <coughs> Tongue twister. Petals of the black lotus with Kimberly O'Connor. You know what I mean? From Black Lotus Live. Good pals of the show over there. We had more of them throughout, and we open up season uh, three. Opens up with an interview with one of the folks from Black Lotus. But uh, Petals of the Black Lotus, this was fun. We had Kimberly O'Connor come in. Kimberly's great, you know, very uh, opinionated, which we, which I appreciate. Um, you know, she's a take-no-shit type of gal, you know what I mean? And uh, she came in talking about of a whole array of things from paranormal to alien. Um, and that was a lot of fun, you know what I mean? It was kind of a free-reign discussion, which is always fun, you know what I mean? Um, do you remember anything distinctive about this episode? Anything we talked about into, into a big way? I would have to say, yeah, I agree. It was free range. It was very interesting. The only way you can begin to understand it is listen to it. Yeah. It, there's, no, there's no way you can pick it apart or um, find, find something to really focus on because so many things came up. I believe that she – was she the one that had the – did she, was, did she have the story about uh, the little girl in the backyard? I don't know. Uh, I remember somebody had a story of a little girl in the backyard, and she seen her out the window, and she later found out that it was a girl that went missing. And there was a guy out back there with her, and it was all horrifying shit. It was all some scary stuff. I think we got into the, the talk of, you know, kid. If it was her, we got into that discussion of why why uh why it would show itself as a kid of course as everybody knows less threatening type situation uh go check that one out that was a fun romp episode 21 teach black-eyed children well their father's hell now for anybody out there listening you know the a lot of our titles come from they reference song, song titles you know things from music we're a very music orientated show at least the people, the hosts, if we don't play music on the show, unfortunately, but uh, we all get down with some music heavy and um, Simon and Garfunkel track, you know, and uh, from their, one of their hit songs, you know what I mean? But this was another episode that was a long time coming and I was looking forward to the point when we actually got around to it. You know, the black eyed children's one of those folklores that, 
I probably, it's not as ancient as a lot of the other ones where like, I'd say for me personally, maybe the last 15, 20 years, maybe even closer to 15 um, is when they kind of stumbled into my radar. For anybody out there that doesn't quite know what black eyed children are, they're kind of like these ghoulish figures that'll show up at your house in the middle of the night knocking on your door. Um, or they could be in a car, could be a car situation. I remember there was a really creepy story about a car in this one, actually, that we got into. But black-eyed children are, you know, they, they you come to the door, they say, we really need your help. Can we come in and use the phone? Very vampire-like, very Dracul-like. And if you let them in your house or you let them in your car, it's curtains, you hear? It's over. Um but if you are able to, you know, withstand their desire to come in, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. But, uh, yeah, I remember there was a the story in there with a dude trying to give some kids a ride home. I remember having goosebumps just reading through it because it was very creepy. Um, so if you're somebody that gets creeped out by ghouls showing up at your front door in the middle of the night like anybody would – you definitely want to check out this episode. Now, do you remember, is there anything from this episode that stood out to you? Uh, what stood out is that it, very much like the vampires and certain other creatures, is that they need your permission yeah. to like enter the home or enter the car. So as soon as you give your permission, you open yourself up to them. And end of story right there. I remember it was interesting that they all had like weird personalities where like there was one prominent one and then there was two that were almost like bullied by the one, you know, they, the other two, the other two appeared scared. I want to say that like in the one, the car story that we did, one of them was kind of the, the boss, of course, <clears throat> and then one, the other two were like scared, which I always thought was creepy. Whenever something's scared in the fight, in the other realm, that ain't a good sign, you know what I mean? If there's something from another place coming to visit you, uh, I guess it's better than being af- being angry with you. But um, the fact that they're afraid of something is pretty pretty horrific in itself. You know what I mean? Um, episode 22, Hats Off for the Hat Man. You know what I mean? We dove into the lore of the Hat Man, which was, uh, you know, of course, an iconic... Everybody in the paranormal world knows about the hat man. Um, what I remember, you know, about this one so much that I enjoyed as we dove into a story uh, where me and another filmmaker thought that we kind of seen the hat man and we seen something. Have we seen the hat man because the description of what we seen was exactly what the hat man was. And it was a very crazy deal. And it was one of those moments when you're, Awake, you're not close to even being asleep in a bed or anything, and you stumble into something and you see it and you go, that can't be real. You know what I mean? And in that situation, uh, I was with somebody who I said, did you see that? And they go, yeah, I seen it. And I remember I didn't tell them what I seen. And I said, describe what you just seen. And he described it as a person in a top hat. In that long old school coat, 
And the only thing that differed between two bar stories is that he said the dude was floating in midair. And I said that he was 15 feet and had long legs. All right. So, you know, one of us is wrong with one of those or who know, maybe, you know, maybe people see things differently at the time, but everything else lined up a little too much for me to be, not have the heebie jeebies. You know what I mean? It was uh, some scary stuff. And that one will always be a fan favorite because I can probably listen back to it right now and get goosebumps just hearing the story. Uh, and if you guys like goosebumps, like I know you do, and uh, you haven't checked out Hats Off for the Hat Man, go check that out now. Episode 23, we talked about this a few episodes ago, Unearthing the Snake People. You know what I mean? This was a very interesting one. Um, I always get interested by these the, the, the idea of these different species that might have been here years ago but aren't here anymore, and they're kind of cross-ups of a human and a reptile. Because in the back of your head, you know, scientifically, it's a lot more difficult. But in your head, you're like, well, something like that don't seem that far-fetched of an idea. You know what I mean? Two things somehow mating or whatever and becoming, you know what I mean, one thing um, isn't, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's creepy because of the realities of it are kind of possible, I feel. What do you remember from the Unearthing the Snake People? episode well people look at it and go no way but what they're gonna have if they listen to the episode what they're gonna pick up and they should look around and research themselves as well is that with so many cultures over time having the same stories you've got to say could it be true yeah yeah it's it's one of those deals you know and you just gotta you know there's the earth's been around for so long and you know, they're, they're still stumbling into things that they didn't know existed. You know, who's to say there isn't another species that had to go hide away. You know, we talked about that. Things are different. You know, people would just kill it instead of try and live with it. You know what I mean? So like the possibility of it being fearful of being exterminated would chase it into the the depths of uh, caves and such and underground. Um, ley lines and intersecting energy. This was a fun one. You know, you know, you got these, these invisible ley lines that kind of lay over. And I know what I remember with this one is we kind of debated like the Bridgewater triangle and the Bermuda triangle. Um, if that's exactly what these things are with the ley lines is where they, it almost boxes in that energy. So it can't really, it's in that energy force. It can't exit through it, but it can bounce back and forth in that triangle or that square or whatever, whatever source it is. And that's how you get these weird areas that have these very paranormal happenings and stuff like that, which I, I that's kind of what I kind of believe. Though some of those places are like the triangle, like Bridgewater Triangle and stuff. I think it's just ley lines of energy, negative energy. And, uh, Folks have done their part to add to it, of course, but I think that it's it's mainly something like that. Did you want to touch on the ley lines and intersecting energy? Um, I agree. Also, if you take a look at the ley lines and how they're laid out, what happens is that a lot of them, uh, where several come together, that's where you find those sacred places, like pyramids and uh, other areas. So it's it's kind of like 
is there is something there because that's that's where all these occurrences happen, and it happens to be at the intersection or in a tight area where the ley lines have boxed in an area or a spot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that one for sure. Next up we have... We have one of my faves. We have the Flatwoods Monster. You know, this was a great episode. It was like 50s sci-fi uh, I love the look of this thing. For anybody out there that wants to get hip to it, go look up the Flatwoods Monster. It's like something out of, you know, uh, what's that? Out of, uh, uh, Lost in Space. <clears throat> it's like something out of Lost in Space. <clears throat> and it's just <clears throat> crazy. You know, in the West Virginia Hills, uh, crazy story of it, uh, the, wit- the people that witnessed it. Um I believe it, cha- it turned a dog into a pile of like black slop, like just burnt that thing down and incinerated that mother trucker. Unfortunately, um, dog was like, oh, 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 finished. Unfortunately, rest in peace, that dog. Um, but yeah, that was a great episode. I really enjoyed that episode a lot. Very interesting. You know, I, I was pulled in by the sight of it, by what it looks like. Then going through the stories of what happened. It was very creepy, and by the end of it, I think that we almost said that it was maybe an imagination gone wild, but if it wasn't, that's very wild in itself, and, you know, it could have, we, we also talked about the possibility of it being some type of UFO, you know what I mean, and the light that you would see in the face was almost like, it was all part of, it was all part of one big machine, but the actual life that was in it was only in a certain part of it. That was very interesting stuff. Was there any part of the Flatwoods Monster episode that stick out to you? Uh, yeah, there was. Uh, that was also where um, I believe the U.S. government went in mm. to an area and did an investigation, so it's very leans very heavy on the alien or UFO. Yeah. Because they, they went in there shut the local people out, did their investigation, and then left, which was very suspicious when people say there's nothing there and a government investigates. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that for sure. I remember them coming in and, uh, you know, getting the stories and stuff like that, and there was a bunch of kids and parents that first seen it. Um, I think this was almost Mothman-like in the way that it, it appeared only for a short period of time, if I remember correctly. Like yep. it was only like a th- over a three day span or something like that, um, <clears throat> which is very crazy and interesting stuff for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that one. I definitely like that one. And like I said again, if you if you're looking for something to see something really creepy and funky looking, the Flatwoods Monster has got you covered. You know what I mean? So go look at a picture of it and then listen to that episode. Better yet, pull that picture up on your computer, play the episode, and just stare into that picture for the entire episode. And uh, when you're done, look up at the ceiling and blink your eyes and you'll see it in your house. Ah! You know what I mean? Uh, Episode 26, 
Fairy Tales with Audra Morris, the lovely Audra Morris, um, returning guest. You know, this was a fun episode. You know, I learned a lot with this. You know, fairies come in different sizes, the different they have different abilities, good and bad. You know, I always took fairies to be kind of good. I think a Tinkerbell right off the bat, like I think a lot of people do, but that could be part of the trickery, you know what I mean? Uh, but do you have anything that really stuck out from the fairy tales episode? Well, if you go back in uh, older legends, fairies originally were evil. Mm. And you can trace back through different languages and translations like Greek and Latin and English and stuff, um, all the way back to the djinn. But uh, what most people don't realize, and we covered it also, is the banshee, which everyone is afraid of because it means you're going to die, is in the category of a, fa- of a fairy. Yeah. So there was a lot in there that most people wouldn't realize because they think of Tinkerbell. Yeah. And fa- fairies are fearsome. Mm-hmm. Pugawaji type things. You know what I mean? Gnomes almost. They talk about gnomes. I remember there was a craze where people swore that they seen their gnomes walking around their front yard, which always made me chuckle. We should probably uh, tap into that one of these days. That could be fun. If you want us to do an episode on gnomes, hit us up. Swamp things and plantimals. Now, this one came to our attention because we were talking about the realities of, you know, with these other, other species mashups, you know, what's the, who's to say that we couldn't get almost an animal or human mixed with plant hybrid. I mean, there's a lot of intelligent plants out there that, you know, meat eating plants that have to kind of figure out ways to kill their prey and eat them. Um, So there's some type of brain activity going on there, you know, and, uh, Plants have always kind of been a weird thing when I think of them because they are living. You know what I mean? They can't really do anything. They can't defend themselves. They don't really, when you just look at them, they look just to be standing there and doing nothing. You know, you take into consideration trees, give us oxygen. They're very important. Um, You know, a, a plant could put a send off an aroma that would kill you. You know what I mean? It could be heavy duty if it wanted to be. And uh, my, one of the things I used to say back in the day is the whole vegetable thing. You know, when they say somebody got into like an accident or whatever, and they're, they're in a vegetable state, you know what I mean? Where they're kind of like in a coma or they're awake, but don't know where they are. It's do they say vegetable because vegetables are alive like you pluck them, they're alive when you pluck them out of the dirt. And then when they travel to the grocery store, they're alive. Now, if you were to wrap your head around that, just think that every time you eat a carrot, you're, it's like chewing something to death. Imagine that. Wrap your head around that. A uh, very interesting thing. Because that carrot's still alive? Or does it die after you pluck it off the vine? You know what I mean? That's the true question. And if it is alive still, does it feel the pain of you chewing it up? My goodness, I hope not. Uh, Episode 28 brought this up earlier, Kami and Shinto. You know, this was the one that made me laugh because it was, um, it felt like it was just kind of a lore made up so husbands and boyfriends wouldn't cheat on their significant others. You know what I mean? Because I believe it would, I forget the exact story, but like you did, you would find them under the house. They would be under the house and, I want to say something about maybe pants down, but I could be wrong. Um, but it was very, 
the way that it unfolded the story and the lore to it, um, it was very much like, you know, like, like the old, like the, 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 the ladies of the, of the tribe and the ladies of the, 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 you know, the area would say, well, if you cheat, Kami and Shinto are going to come for your ass. And I remember it was pretty, like, it was a, not a good death. Um, I do kind of wish I tapped into this a little more, but I give the opportunity to, to the audience to go tap in more and deeper and figure out what they like and don't like. And again, go check out the episode and come refresh me on what what the, the, the dealings were with them being under the house. Um, very weird, very weird stuff. Uh, episode 29, the paranormal life of Harry Houdini. This is like the second part in our, you know, paranormal life. The first season we did the Warrens. Uh, now we jumped into Harry Houdini, famous magician. People will often say that there's a very thin line between magic and paranormal. Um, then there's certain people that will say that magic just trick, just trickery. There's no, nothing real to it. Um, and uh, Houdini was a master of what he did. And, uh, you know, without going too deep into it, a, a gentleman like that would have to have some type of inside help to some of the things that he did. Uh, either that or really be a masterful trickster. That's the question. Did you remember anything from Harry Houdini that uh, stood out to you? Uh, well, what I was thinking about with him is that uh, at one point in his life, he was not a believer, that he was a believer. It was kind of a back and forth there. So it kind of leaves it wide open as to what was really going on. He passed. If I remember, he died not a believer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he turned he turned away from it. It was a gimmick. He, I remember his name, I believe, came from uh, his mentor. Like, he kind of took on his mentor's name. So, usually if you have a mentor, it's not really, uh, I don't know, I guess you, you can go to a mentor to keep your tools sharpened. But um, stuff like being inclined to the paranormal and being and stuff like that. I feel like you kind of got to be born with a little bit of it. You know what I mean? And then you can flex the muscle and make it stronger and better. But for the most part, if you're someone that has no, no, you know, you know, it doesn't, you don't have any of it in you. I think it's very difficult to create it within yourself, but human mind conjuring, you know what I mean? Maybe it isn't. All right. Episode 13. Aswango Unchained, the lore of the Aswang. Now, we play, uh, you know, do a little play on Django Unchained, the Quentin Tarantino movie with this title. <clears throat> this will be the only time I'll ever explain our titles to the, to the public. So this is where you guys catch it here. But yeah, Aswang was, um, that was very creepy. If I remember, this was, uh, this one had like political ties to it. And... I think the Aswang was the one that went around raping men, if I remember correctly. I think. If not that, then it was Kami and Shinto. But I remember there was one that <coughs> went around raping guys. <clears throat> and it had a political thing to it. And every time there was a... I'm pretty sure it was the Aswang. And every time uh, an election was coming up, 
uh, there would be more activity of it. You know what I mean? Which made people think that it was, we discussed the fact that it was maybe a scare tactic to get people to vote in the direction that they, people want them to vote in. You know what I mean? If you could say, hey, you're upsetting the ass wang. Don't you want to fucking vote in my favor? And they go, well, I don't want to upset the ass wang, so I'm gonna. So if I remember correctly, that was big political ties to that one, which kind of made us think that it wasn't true. Uh, or a little, little fictionalized, something they used to their advantage type deal. Um, I believe that thing had a t- horrifying look to it, too. It was almost like bad vampire-like, you know. Uh, episode 31, Oils and Ghouls, the most haunted paintings. This was a fun episode. Uh, we rocked through some of the most haunting, uh, haunted paintings on the earth. You know, paintings that people didn't want in their house. You know, paintings that the whole house burnt down, but the painting. Um, you know, people that, you know, spent their lives trying to get away from it. And it would just keep returning to them. You know, just real horror stories. Very, very Twilight zone type of stuff. I, th- I think we even talked about the, how it felt like there was a lot of theatrics that went along with this one. Um, which you would. Something like a haunted painting. Don't get me wrong or us wrong. There's definitely the capability of something being there. You know what I mean? Whether it was yeah, a situation where it was painted in blood or whatever, tears, you know what I mean? There was some type of physical tie to it, or it was just the emotion put into it, making it the emotion for the person while it was being made. You know, maybe it was painted for somebody when the painter was in complete head over heels love for them and they were done wrong and they finished it and they cursed it. You know what I mean? Um, And then it just kind of brought trouble wherever it went. You know what I mean? And uh, not so much the paintings with the eyes that move, which I think we did talk about that a little bit in this episode. Well, a couple of things I remember that about that is one of the paintings that was uh, haunted was painted in blood. Yeah. The person, person committed suicide afterwards. Another thing that struck me odd is that people were trying to make excuses for how the painting survived the house fire. Now, paint's a flammable. Right. And if you have a whole house go down, so there's just uh, a little bit of the frame left, the furniture's gone up, floors have uh, collapsed because of the fire and everything, and the painting survives intact. Yeah, there's something more to that painting than just being pretty. Right. For sure. Some creepy stuff. It goes back to the possessions of don't go to the Savers and Flea Market and Salvation Army and just buy. You got to be careful what you buy. I used to be a big fan of going to those stores, and I don't go to them anymore, which is funny. We can blame COVID as well. But I haven't been to one of those stores in a long time. A Savers in a long time, Salvation Sally's, as my grandmother, my nanu nanu calls it. Um, I think it's because of the talks on the show, you know what I mean? You know, you never know. It's weird. You, you go in there, you go, oh, I'm getting these uh, this nice shirt from, uh, you know, you know, Hingham Ducks 1993, you know what I mean? And then, unfortunately, the coach of the Hingham Ducks shot his head off wearing that shirt or something because they, they lost the big tournament. And you're wearing that around. You're gonna that ain't gonna bring you the positive energy that you're hoping to find with it. So you really gotta kind of be careful. There's that protection as well. 
because um, these things that you would catch at the store, you are opening, you're opening up yourself and your home to it when you bring them home, which is very tricky stuff. Uh, episode 32, Investigating the Rutland Prison Camps with Ray Arnold, Cynthia Whitney, and Leeson McCulley, the Purple Dahlia. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was the first time the Purple Dahlia was on the show. Um, Cindy Lou uh, or Cynthia Whitney, to be professional, and Ray Arnold were on the shows before. Um, Rutland Prison Camps is a place that we ventured out with them and investigated with them. Um, very cool spot. We went to the Fords. You know, there's a lot of heavy activity in the Fords. I know that you felt you felt some stuff in there, the presence in there, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, I got some stuff from different areas in there. That's one which is kind of hard to describe because you have multiple people and it's an investigation. That episode is a little bit difficult to pin down. It's better if someone listens to it to get the details. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the Fords. What I remember the most about that one outside of the cops telling us to beat feet because there was a flood coming or something weird was coming. But we yep. couldn't be, yeah, rainstorm, something we couldn't be there because uh, it flooded during rainstorms. But I remember, um, I forget if it was you or maybe Lisa, but somebody was telling that there was a little girl there that was being almost protected by an older gentleman that didn't want her to leave, but, but, but she, but she didn't, leave, you know, and there was two, there was two other gentlemen outside of him that were all in there and they all kind of had their own areas to it. You know what I mean? And that was a fun discussion because we talked about the reality of like, what is that realm like, like in everyday life, you know, you go to work or whatever, there's people at work you don't like, you know what I mean? You, you get thrown in a room with five other people, human, alive people. It's very possible that you're not going to like all those people. And the same would kind of be for the afterlife, too. And it's like, what What do you do in a situation like that where you're kind of stuck with them for, you know, an eternity or however the clock run is on something like that? And it, it was very weird. I always assumed that when these, these spirits were together, they would almost mesh and be on the same wavelength, but it was very interesting to talk about how even in the a afterlife that there's still personalities and there's still person they still clash. You can still clash with people, which would obviously make sense that it would be that way. But I just, in my head, for whatever reason, I just, uh, I just never thought it would be that way. I thought it would almost be, everybody would be in a piece or almost like the dimension thing for them too, like where you, you know, they're in a different place. So you can't see them. I almost feel like even though they're both ghostly, it's possible that they can't see each other. It's a weird thing. You know, that's a discussion that could go on for hours and hours and hours, but that was one of the most interesting parts. I think of that investigation, but that was a fun one. You know, like I said, me and Ray, we went with them cool folks. Um, to the place and actually did investigating, took some footage, some pics, some audio, which we have. We're still figuring out what to do with, um, and uh, you know, witness some stuff. So, like, a lot of good conversation in that one. If you're a fan of investigating shows, you know, or going with friends to haunted places and chatting about it after, you'll probably enjoy it. those. Invest. There's another investigating. 
episode later coming up where we did we went and investigated and then we came back with a group of people and talked about our findings but the infamous Papawa demon uh, episode 23 and this is the I, 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 I take back what I said earlier because I believe that this, this demon was the thing that raped women and men if I remember correctly uh, and it had a big cyclops eye. It was a monster of Zanzibar. You know what I mean? Uh, and it, it one big cyclops eye. Horrifying. I thought I know that in this episode we talked about what the benefit of having one eye would be because you almost don't get the full circle. Then Ray, I think, said something about if he's psychic, he can see anything. You know what I mean? Who, who's to say what? that I, what is capable of doing, which I still agree with him to this day. Um, was there anything else that you really remembered about the infamous Papa Watt demon? I think that was the one that only attacked believers. Okay. I think you're right. That was, that was creepy too. That was a very creepy element to it. <laughs> was it believers or non-believers? I think it was believers. If you didn't believe, it left you alone. If you believed, um, and I think I probably said it at the time. If you were a believer and you were attacked, well, that your belief in it kind of opens the door for it to get in. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. I made a joke about how I don't believe. I don't believe because I want to be attacked type deal. Yeah, that's another good episode for anybody out there. Very creepy, creepy episode. You know, these dark, weird entities, which will be bringing you more of these creepy beings uh, in the new upcoming season. But the infamous Papawa demon is horrifying stuff. Uh, next up, episode 34, Dolly Scarest. This was a fun episode, too. You know, uh, talking about, you know, dolls that have uh, attachments to them. You know what I mean? Annabelle was talked about, stuff like that. Um, there's a whole bunch of um, the Travis... I forget there's a doll. I forget the name. It's a boy doll. And it's got a boy's name. And supposedly that was like haunted. Um, but this was a very fun episode. You know, people that get creeped out by dolls, which I think a lot of people are creeped out by dolls in the same way people are creeped out by clowns. You know what I mean? There's just a weird thing about them that is unsettling. You know, do you remember anything precise about the Dolly Scarest episode? Well, I think part of what scares it is a uh, dolls were associated with children, and you're putting evil in the form of something associated with a child, and that's creepy. I also remember that um, at one time in history, what people used to do is when a child died, they had a doll made up, sometimes with a death mask, but a doll made up to look exactly like the child. They would dress it in the clothes. And they keep it around, kind of like a substitute for the child or to honor the child that died. So, yeah, that had some definite creep to it. It's creepy. It's like in the in the in the the the, uh, the portrait episode we talked about. I think about how the families back in the day it was common, it was common thing that if you had like a kid that passed away or something, that you would embalm the kid. And like you would take pictures with it, like one last picture with the family. 
So, like, you got the family around this dead kid, which is horrifying, you know what I mean? Um, and with the, the Dolly Scarist vibe, like you, Ray was just saying, you know, with the kids, it's like you also got to take in consideration the creep factor of, like, a lot of those kids would probably prefer their toy over their parents sometimes, you know what I mean? So if they were ever asked to make a decision, if the doll ever told them that they need to make a decision, parents might be a little fearful that they're not going to make the cut. You know what I mean? They're not going to make the team, uh, which is very horrifying, especially if they can manipulate the kid into, uh, you know, sticking a kitchen knife in your throat while you sleep or something. You know what I mean? Something horrifying. Uh, episode 35, Hocus Pocus, an introduction to magic. This was a fun episode. We learned a lot, I think, just kind of going through where magic came from and the whole, you know, crossover of magic and paranormal and all that stuff and how much of it is possibly trickery and stuff like that. Um, I just remember that kind of being what we discussed. Was there anything else you kind of remembered from that episode? Uh, No, it was uh, a little lighter than some, but it was fun. It was fun, yeah. Um, next up, we have the highlights from Black Lotus Live, which is kind of a bonus episode, but I'll bring it up anyways. Um, me and Ray were interviewed for Black Lotus Live. Uh, definitely go check out that full interview if you want. It's on YouTube. Just look up Black Lotus Live, mostly ghostly, Matthew Fisher, Ray Booten. Put our, our, the name of the show in our names and Black Lotus Live, and that should pop up. Um, fun episode. I won't spoil anything else. We already took a highlight reel from it, so we won't do any more spoiling of their show. Go listen to their show. They're good people. Um, episode 36, The Kings of Summer with Richard Stanley and Alexander Hawk. Um, quite possibly the, our biggest guest to mostly ghostly to date. Uh, and I'm not talking about Alexander Hawk. Unfortunately, he's on the come up. But Richard Stanley, uh, writer-director extraordinaire for anybody that gets down with science fiction horror films. He's the gentleman that brought you Hardware, um, recently Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? Uh, really good dude, friend of the show, friend of Boombastic Media. Um, it was very cool to have him on. And it was the Kings of Summer, so we were kind of talking about the end of summer and the beginning of winter, uh, or rather, you know, fall coming in and uh, Richard talked about Richard kind of talked about his upbringing and the, the influence that it had on him uh, and, and, and with the paranormal stuff. He's a very spiritual dude. Uh, his mother was very spiritual. He learned it from her. And uh, I know he has a great story in there about a very paranormal event that happened to him at like this ceremony for bringing upon the winter. And I won't go deep into what happened. Go listen to the show if you haven't heard it. And uh, you'll definitely like it for sure. Whether you're a fan of paranormal or film, you'll probably like that. And Alexander Hawk went, yeah, 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 a lot. He was, he was killing it with the Yaz, our boy Alex Hawk, um, who will be on the show again this season uh, talking about a type of triangle. But what triangle will keep you... We'll keep you waiting to find it out. All right. Next up, episode 37, continued support, the celebration and lore of All Saints Day. 
You know what I mean? Uh, recorded on All Saints Day, if I remember correctly. That's how it got the big push to be an episode. You know, and anybody out there that doesn't really know what All Saints Day is, that's kind of the episode for you. You know what I mean? I won't spoil it much more. Or even if you know about it, I'd say check it out because you might learn some stuff that you didn't know previously. But we took a whole trip down uh, All Souls Day Lane and talked about just about everything that we could talk about, I think, on that subject. You want to add anything about All Saints Day or All Souls Day? My bad. My bad. Well, I, th- I, I agree with you. There's uh, a lot of things uncovered there. Um, going back in history and the formation of those days and some of the beliefs in the world around them. So it's really best listened to yeah. than, than to try and uh, go over it again now. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Episode 38, Symbolic Nature. You know, we kind of got into the symbols. You know, the symbols all over the place um, and the different meanings to them and the different organizations that use them a lot. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of hard to explain that episode. It was kind of a mixed bag, left field type, uh, left field type episode. I know that that spawned from the idea of sigil magic, which was something I heard about that I wasn't too familiar with. I think we talked about it for a little bit in the beginning, but didn't go too far with it. But the sigil magic is supposedly something, if you were to think dark arts, maybe higher up, Illuminati people, so to speak. Illuminati is not the Illuminati. When you know the name, it ain't that no more type deal. But it was kind of like, you know, a little bit of the Mason stuff was in there, you know, not attacking, but just kind of dealing, talking about the symbolism and just about everything they do. Um, And we even got a little bit into like marketing like people that market, you know, products like food and, you know, video games and stuff like that. Um, We talked about that stuff. Yeah. The sigil magic is supposedly from what I hear is something that if you have, if you're like a wicked, let's say you are, you know, this gazillionaire who's kind of secretly running the world behind the scenes. um, Sigil magic is that, it's almost like a belief that they have that they can do anything they want to do as evil as it is, as long as they kind of wave their flag on it. So like, you know, that they're doing it. You saw like in the, you could, you know, you could take pedophilia in the church. Like people know it's there, but they're not rushing to shut down the churches. You know, it's almost like that thing where it's like, if you were, you know, they, they, they do it out in plain sight, so they can't be held accountable because you, if you wanted to stop it, you'd stop it. So, like, it's like a weird way to kind of keep their conscience clean. That was the whole deal with that. I got to look deeper into it because uh, it's still very questionable to me. And I, I think at the time, I don't think you were aware of it, right? Was that something new for you, or did you know about that? Oh, sigil magic I'm, uh, uh, I'm familiar with. Uh, sigils can be used for good or bad. Yeah. They can be used. To, they can be used to manifest sacred symbols. Symbols have power. Symbols, uh, and we went into it. Uh, the representation, uh, what they represent, the power behind that can be invested into the symbol itself, and that's partly what what is done with sigils. But sigils can go either way. 
You have, for instance, sigils for archangels, for Solomon's seal, but you also have negative ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think in that, that episode, you get to hear one of my childhood stories of going to a sleepover and children putting pentagrams on their flesh and me not being cool with that even as a kid. Um, episode 39, Lizzie Borden and Catching a Bad Whack. With Lisa McCulley, the Purple Dahlia, South Ray Arnold, and Cynthia Whitney. Um, this was a cool episode, getting into Lizzie Borden, which is our folklore around Massachusetts, New Bedford, Massachusetts, or Fall River. I forget which one. She's from one of those areas. And uh, this was a very interesting plea because some of the people, uh, some of the investigators came back with stories of her innocence um, and evidence, you know, you know, pushing towards the innocent uh, plea and that, you know, catching certain feels and, you know, bringing in fun facts that they learned there. You know what I mean? I don't want to give away too much because if you're interested in Lizzie Borden, that is definitely a good listen. I'm not just saying that, um, but a lot of stuff was discussed on that. I think that's like a two and a half hour episode too. That was our other investigation episode where we kind of brought in a group of folks and uh, really went crazy haywire on just every subject of the of the of that topic that we really could dive into. Um, you know, there's theories that you know, of course that she did it. There's story theories that she didn't do it. There's theories that her uncle did it. I think there's theories her sister did it. Um, there's theories that were just way outside of things that we even thought about beforehand. Just a lot of crazy, cool shit. Do you remember anything from that episode that I did, that I left out that we don't want to tease too much, but was fun enough to pull folks in? Uh, no, I think I think you covered it in a basic way for the details. So they'll basically just have to take a dive into that episode. Take a whack out of yourself. Oh, hey, hey, now she was the modern day. Hernandez brothers. Hernandez. That's a horrifying story. We'll have to get into that one of these days on uh, Behold, perhaps. We'll tell those guys about it. Season, uh, season 2, episode 40. Exercise your right to a clean soul. Uh, this episode we talked about exorcisms. I mean, there's not really much you can do if solo if you were possessed by a demon. I think you kind of need the help of somebody uh, somebody else, you know what I mean? But this is kind of a rundown of what happens. And we probably even talk a little bit about what you can do more protection things to try and keep that stuff away. Uh, was there anything that you remembered vividly about exercise your right to a free soul to a clean soul? Uh, we talked a lot about protection, avoiding attachments and, uh, yeah, how to remove them. Yeah, yeah, which is important stuff. You know, it's it's kind of slides into the category of educational talk, which I'm always happy to be able to do. You know what I mean? Episode forty one: Paranormal's place in alien abduction. I mean, I don't really have to go much further than that. That kind of spells it all out for you. Um, it's kind of we did a two part alien type back to back episode. Um, you know, just kind of people's 
you know, the place, you know what I mean? Where they fit in each other's worlds. Did you want to say anything about that one, Ray? Or? Uh, nope. Uh, yeah, that that's is, it, it's definitely something that you have to listen to to, to get into. <laughs> I agree completely. Full, wholeheartedly do I agree with that statement. Uh, the second half of our alien, we did like a two-part or alien deal. Uh, next up. Uh, is the abduction days with Damian Gray, our buddy from Black Lotus live. Um, really cool dude. Um, he came in, you know, he's an investigator himself. This episode was a great episode in my opinion, because we stumble into something I wasn't planning on stumbling into. And, you know, Damian had a story of how he was abducted. And I didn't even know that was coming. I don't think Ray knew it was coming either. And once he started to unfold that story, I was just jar open. Wow. Loving it. You know what I mean? Because we're getting a first, that was our first ever abduction guest on Mostly Ghostly. You know what I mean? And that was a lot of fun. Damon's a very smart dude. Not only do we have the abduction story, we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Definitely uh, an episode to check out, you know what I mean? If, if, if alien abductions interest you, check this out because he has full detail, uh, goes into it, goes into it hard, goes heavy in the paint on it, you know what I mean? Did you want to say anything about the abduction days episode? Uh, not much. I sat mesmerized. Yeah, me too. That was a good episode. Um. Next up, 44, Gods of Death. You know, this was heavy duty. Uh, I remember we pushed this back because we didn't want to go, oh, wait a second. I I, I, I jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, 43, Creepy Christmas Stories. Um, this was our Christmas special this year. Um, we just kind of went through a list of some of the most, you know, paranormal Christmas-themed ghost stories and real-life situations uh, where people – have encountered the paranormal around the good old holidays. You know, not much else can really be said about that. Dive in. If you like Christmas and you like creepy stories, that is the episode. That might be your favorite episode. Next up, 44, the gods of death episode. And they are the heavyweight episode here. We push this back because having the gods of death for a Christmas episode just didn't feel too Christmassy. You know what I mean? It felt like sacrilegious, like it'd be trouble troublesome, even though we're already talking about Santa Claus over Jesus and Christmas, so to speak. But gods of death, you know, just kind of talking about all the heavyweights involved with death, you know what I mean? Uh, I I thought it was just the Grim Reaper, you know what I mean? When I think of the, I just think it's the Grim Reaper man coming to get you, that's it, but turns out there's a whole group of folks, you know what I mean? Yeah, we took a trip we took a trip uh, in different parts of the world for all of the stories about the uh, gods associated with death. Very interesting stuff. I was a big fan. See, uh, episode 45, Dead Out on the Highway, Looking for Misadventure. Highway 666, you know, Interstate 666 show, very famous highway. Uh, in movies, television, cartoons, music, and you name it, it's been discussed. Uh, and it's just kind of a stretch of highway that a lot of weird stuff goes on. 
kind of the ley lines. It kind of plays into the ley lines or maybe sacred land theory type episode. Um, it's just like a, it's a haunting like any other type of haunting, except it's all, it's a highway. It's not a building. It's not a cemetery. It's not a house. You know what I mean? It's not a mental hospital. Um, it's a highway. You know what I mean? Highway is a dieway. You know what I mean? Did you want to say anything about headed out a highway? No, it's a, it's a famous one. We touched on a, a couple of things there. Uh, the area it was in, no, Part of it goes to a very haunted area with a lot of stories. I did some background on that and found it uh, not necessarily a trip I'd want to take. Yeah. Yeah, it might be the last trip. Woo! Um, Definitely check that one out. It's a fun one. It's not as extreme as maybe some of the other ones, but it's fun. And it's a real... No, well-known place, so it's kind of fun to roll through it for that aspect, you know what I mean? Uh, Suedo Monarchia Demonium. Um, this was the book of the, the, the patriarchs of the demon world, almost like the the, the tears of the demon world. Um, interesting show. We didn't want to d- dive too deep into it, you know what I mean? I remember Ray made a joke within the show that made a lot of sense where we were going to start naming them off. And Ray says, I don't think you really, you really think you want to be naming all them off. And at that point, I think I heard something walk down my stairs too, if I remember correctly. And uh, both of those things and both Ray saying that and hearing the stair walk made me go, no, you're probably right, Ray. We probably don't need to list them off. We're probably safe just talking about it the way we are. So that one, you know, we take the real PG approach to it. Every now and then we take a nice PG approach to the shows. And then other times we go crazy with that hard R or, or unrated for crying out loud. You know what I mean? But yeah, that one was definitely a funky episode um, and interesting just to see it. Because again, in my mind ahead of time, when I think of like the tears of being a demon. You know, I don't even think there's tears. I think you're you're dealing with the devil, and then it's just his underlings under it. But there was a whole smorgasbord of characters and such. Some we got into lightly, some we didn't get into at all. And to be honest with y'all out there, you, you listen to that episode and seek no further. You don't need to get into all of them either. You know what I mean? We scratched the surface, which is uh, all all the scratching you got to do in a situation like that. Um, and then you go listen to something more positive, you know what I mean? And that would be episode 47, the energy channeling seminar, 21, uh, 2021 part one, followed by, uh, episode 48, the part two version of it. Um, you know, my fearless leader over here, Ray, uh, did a seminar in 2021. It was a very small close knit, you know, COVID type deal. Um, you want to, we had a small group of people and uh, Ray talked about energy channeling and all types of really cool stuff and opening up your mind and your soul and kind of just being accept- accepting of things, you know, chance, you know, uh, meditation. I mean, a lot of really cool and important things are discussed in this two part uh, segment. We also, he, re, he does some readings 
Um, we had some other people doing readings, uh, very interesting stuff. And you, you know, you get to see him work his, work his deal and hearing and seeing Ray work his deal is magnificent. And if y'all ever get a chance to do it, I say take advantage of it and get out there and get it. Um, hopefully we'll see some more seminars in the future, but, uh, these energy channeling seminars were definitely, definitely a fun one, uh, for sure. Definitely good stuff. So check those out and, uh, yeah, you'll be killing it. You'll be doing it big. Um, another educational heavy dose. Do you want to say anything about the seminars? I think that, uh, yeah, we talked about protection. Yeah. Uh, the chakras and clearing them out with the meditation, uh, spirits, energy, and communicating with those spirits. I think that it's, uh, back when I was, uh, publicly doing mediumship work about 20 years ago, it was a shortened version of a seminar I used to have. It would run six, six and a half hours to yeah. teach people how to open up and become a medium. Now, this is not exactly the same, but it touches on some of the basics. And I think whether, as far as protection goes, if you're a ghost hunter or just in life in general, or um, meditation to cleanse your chakras, uh, you're interested in mediumship or communication, there's something, a little bit of something for a lot of people in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's very well-rounded. Uh, very... It's it's a great listen, you know what I mean. It's a two parter, so I think it, it comes in a little under, a little over three hours, I think, uh, all combined. But it's uh, it's like being there, you know. Listening to it is like being there, um, you know. And he, he he does some reads that are incredible, and uh, a lot of great discussion is had, you know what I mean. So definitely check out those two parters. Um, as of to the date that we record this. You know, those two parters were the last thing that we released, um, 47 to 48. Tomorrow, uh, episode 49 is released on the Earth. You know what I mean? That's more questions from beyond the web. Um, I'm a big fan of doing these questions from beyond the web episodes because it's cool to kind of interact with the audience more. And you always get fun, colorful questions that, you're really not going to get anywhere else, you know, especially with our audience, which is great. You know what I mean? So we kind of strolled through them and, you know, I think we did maybe, I don't know, like 15 or 20 questions. I forget what it was at this moment, but that was, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I always like that. Did What do you think of the last episode we did with the more questions from beyond the web? Uh, for me, it was fun because it's interesting to hear what people are interested in. Or what they have questions on and hopefully be able to, to answer them or give them some sort of insight, if not an answer, so they can find the answer themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll, every season we'll have one of these. So get your questions ready for the following. And then the following week after that, you'll be receiving this episode right here, which is our 100th episode uh, one. And from that point, we're taking a month off. You know what I mean? Uh, we're going to take a little break, but March 2nd, we'll be back. Uh, the first episode of season three, 
It's already been recording and is waiting to arrive at your doorsteps. It's called Where the Wild Grows with Biologist Wild Trees. That's right. We have a biologist on the show. Uh, this was a very fun episode. He came from Black Lotus Live. He's part of the Black Lotus Live family over there. That gang, all great people. Uh, a smorgasbord of things are discussed in that episode. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Really cool stuff. So, yeah, you know, 100 episodes down. Woo, yeah, 101 if we talk about the first episode of the season. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's 100, 100 episodes. I knew we'd get here eventually. And approach is pretty quick, you know what I mean? Um, it's been a lot of fun, you know. Ray over there is killing it, you know. Pleasure, Ray. It's a pleasure. You know what I oh, mean? Ple- pleasure's mine. It's uh, when our powers combine, we are mostly ghostly. Yep. You know what I mean? So with that being said, we're going to have a little bit of a hiatus, but don't worry. Uh, We'll be back March 2nd, uh, the first episode of season three, uh, Where the Wild Grows with Biologist Wild Trees. Great episode. Uh, So stay tuned for that. You ain't going to want to miss it. And uh, yeah. That's uh, thanks for hanging out for a hundred episodes with us. You know, we really appreciate everybody who listens, but don't, don't you fret. fret. March, March 2nd, 2022. We return, we return where the wild, where the wild grows, grows. Biologists, wild trees, wild trees. And don't you worry. You'll probably catch some older episodes flung your way on, on the, the social, social media. And, uh, heck yeah. If you get if you get sad that you're not around, hit us up on the book. We'll chat with you. We'll chat, we'll chat paranormal, paranormal with, you. with you. And with that being said, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of mostly, of mostly ghostly, ghostly. ghostly.